We're back for another edition of the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach David Carl. My name Matthew McGreevy, Campus Lounge located at 701 South University Boulevard and the Denver Pioneers 6-9 and 1, fifth in the NCHC with eight games left on the docket. And that starts this weekend against Omaha and Magnus Arena for a two-game series. Pioneers off last weekend, not supposed to be off, but as has been the case uh, a lot of times throughout the season, uh, the series was postponed. And so the last time the Pioneers were on the ice was about two weeks ago, and it was a series split at Omaha, and that's where we will start. Uh, I want to ask about the Friday and Saturday game. Of course, we'll, we'll go into them both and maybe not as in-depth as we would if it would have been coming off. Uh, if, if we would have played last weekend, but but instead it's been a bit since those games. But looking at last Saturday's game, you pick up a 4-1 win against the Mavericks. You take the lead in the game, uh, and then you make it 2-1 early in the second period. There's a lot of emphasis going into the weekend about the importance of, of your starts. And it seemed like the starts were there, and then after the game you mentioned got better at possessing pucks, extending plays as the as the game went on. So uh from your perspective, did you see did you see growth in your team's game on Friday? Yeah, the first uh game of the series I thought um yeah we did some things really well. I liked our first two periods. Um I thought we were we were we showed some desperation and uh controlled pucks, controlled the play and um yeah, I didn't love how we ended the game after we made it four one. I thought we took our foot off the gas a little bit the last, you know, 10 minutes of the third, taking unnecessary five-minute major um, to give them a little bit of life. Um, you know, a good power play team that can score as many times as they can on the five-minute major. Um, and then a goal, you know, a uh, goalie pull situation to make it six on four. So I thought that did not like that part of our game, and we talked about that directly after and um, tried to reset, refocus uh, for the following night and turn the page quickly. And on that following night, uh, you fall 5-2 uh, on what was a Sunday game. It was about 1-1 midway through the game. Um, didn't hold the lead, but you were able to make it 3-2 early in the third, and then Omaha scores off a, off a face-off play. They extend their lead, and they're able to hold on. But after that game, again, you had mentioned that you thought you played well enough to win. Um, looking at the shot total, you outshot Omaha 44-29, to uh, and you did play, by all intents and purposes, a good game, uh, despite the 5-2 the loss. So that's the game that I guess you've had the most time to reflect on, given that we didn't play last weekend. So when you look back at that, is that maybe where you want your team to be and, and the level that you want to see coming into a weekend against the same team? Yeah, I mean, I I just like the fact we, you know, we talked a lot about uh, our start against North Dakota um, the week previous where we played well on night one and then night two, we had a poor first five minutes and um, we really emphasized trying to have a good start and I thought we did that. Um, you know, we controlled, I thought the play for the majority of the first period, um, we get a breakaway in the period, um, Savvy who's got, you know, eight, nine, ten goals in this league already, um, isn't able to put one in. And a couple of minutes later, one of their freshmen, who I don't think had scored yet on the year, is able to score. So they, they showed some opportunistic um, ability there, and they, they end the period up one nothing. I, I thought that we didn't go away. Um, we tie the game. We get scored on twice on the power play, or on the penalty kill of their power play. We make it 3-2. And, and again, I, I, 
I liked our game. I thought we controlled the majority of the hockey game. Um, only had two power plays to their four. And, um, you know, again, five on five shots were, I think, 43 to 21 or 22. So um, if we can control and possess pucks and, and bury our chances, um, you know, I, I think we come out on the other end of that. Um, but again, they're, they're a really good hockey team. You know, we've, we've got our challenge in front of us again this weekend. It'll be nice to be in the confines of Magnus, though. So. In that game, speaking of last Sunday's game against Omaha, Carter King makes his NCAA debut. He gets into the lineup. He, of course, was added midway through the season when the BCHL was not playing, so an opportunity for him to, to come to Denver and not have to burn a year of eligibility. And we've talked about that and how that worked out, but clearly it worked out for him as well to pick up a point in his NCAA debut. So what were your impressions of his game? Yeah, that Carter did a good job. Um, you know, he was able to watch a couple hockey games prior to getting in one, which I thought was really beneficial for him to watch those North Dakota games, see the pace, the physicality of our league, and then um, to get to watch a game against Omaha and then and then be inserted the next night, you know, in, in a line with Webster and Olszewski. Um I thought they did a nice job. They generated some chances. Um, typically, you see freshmen defensively, um, kind of struggle, but I thought Carter did a really good job of, you know, stopping and starting in his own end, getting pucks out, being in shot lanes, um, just little details of our game. And then he gets rewarded um, on that three-on-two, you know, makes a play to Olszewski, and Olszewski makes a great play to uh, to Demon to be able to bury it, uh, to tie the game at once. So, yeah, we were happy with his play, and I think it's um, it's good for him to get the first one under his belt, certainly. Listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach David Carl. My name Matthew McGreevy. The Pioneers off last weekend, supposed to have played Colorado College, but that series postponed, as has been the case. It's the second time that the Colorado College series was postponed, and I guess given the proximity, there, there could be worse situations. Uh, but the, the postponed series has yet to been made up. The one from earlier this year. Uh, has been rescheduled for February 26th and 27th. And, and so here we go again where we run into massive schedule changes. Um, massive, I guess, depending on your, your view of it. Uh, but schedule changes in the middle of the week where you're three days away from playing a team and all of a sudden you're 10 days away from playing again. And, and you're in a spot where you're trying to build momentum. You're trying to... to uh, maybe fix some parts of your game that you haven't necessarily been happy with through the, the early part of the season or I mean look at how many games left maybe eight, eight games left just about um, how difficult for this is you as a for you as a coach to have to adapt on the fly and I know you're very process oriented and this has been a year where you, you need to be a little fluid I guess how how difficult has that been yeah I mean it um it is what it is. I don't know what else to say about it. Um, you know, we expected there to be some changes into the schedule. I think we feel actually pretty fortunate that it came on weeks against CC where um, we think that those are easier games, obviously, to make up. Um, so I guess in my mind, it's really important that we get through the next two weekends with Omaha uh, coming here and then us going to North Dakota. And then we'll find a way to play four games against CC, whether it's going to require weekday games or, or what have you. So, um, yeah, you know, I would have liked to have played because, uh, again, I, I felt like we'd taken steps from the CC weekend to the North Dakota weekend to the Omaha weekend. Um, would have liked to have played last weekend because I thought we, we were, were moving in the right direction. But um, such is life. Um, and like I say, it is what it is. And uh, fortunate that, again, that we, we were in a league where – 
I think our schedule is set up properly where we can kind of adjust based on proximity a little bit easier um, in a league that spans three time zones. Um, that's not easy to do, so I give our commissioner in our league a lot of credit to be able to set up the structure to be able to adjust as we are doing right now and um, you know we're looking all signs are pointing uh, a goal for this weekend uh, to be able to have Omaha here and to be able to play them so we're getting prepared for that. I had the opportunity to listen to Denver volleyball head coach Tom Hogan uh, their season kicked off last weekend and he was talking about coaching in the pandemic and how things are different and how him and their staff sat down and they identified three things that they said we will we will always come back to these three pillars if if things get out of whack as they as they have for a lot of programs and they said for them it's it's health it's flexibility and it's positivity and and no matter what happens they're going to try to fit you know they're going to try to fit their schedule and rearrange things to fall into those buckets have you have you taken a, a similar approach or or are you really looking at it and saying here's the three or four days we have in front of us and this is what our schedule looks like for those three and four days. Is there an overarching way that you have to approach this? Um, I mean, not not really. I, I don't think so. We haven't done anything like that, but I don't know, maybe we should. Um, I think for us, it's, it's staying focused on our process and trying to get better every day and um, continue to improve as a team. And that's that's been our focus, whether we're playing games or practicing. It's about trying to get better. We think there's a lot of room for growth in our team, and it's our job as coaches and our leadership group to continue to push and for individuals to continue to push so that we can get to where we want to get to. Listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches <coughs> Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach, David Carl. My name, Matthew McGreevy. Pioneers 6-9-1 and one off last weekend and coming up into a series against Omaha. Games will be on February 5th and 6th, so back to a, a normal Friday-Saturday set with Friday's game on 104.3 The Fan and Saturday's to air on ESPN Denver. After that, it's at North Dakota and then a series against Colorado College. And as mentioned earlier, there's a second series against Colorado College that has yet to been rescheduled. But the big question, of course, uh, for a lot of people, and especially as we get closer to the end of the year, is the NCAA tournament. And nobody knows how the teams are going to get seeded. Of course, Denver has a regional in Loveland, and, and as it stands right now, that is still on. The only regional that they need to relocate is Manchester, New Hampshire, and they're working on that. So there was an article, Adam Wooden in the College Hockey News put together an article five days ago and got some quotes from head coaches on what what were their thoughts on not knowing the the tournament picture yet or at least how teams were going to get decided so my question to you is how do you feel about that yeah i mean it um i don't know how they're going to decide it i don't think anybody does we know that there's going to be an automatic qualifier one from each league um each league is able to choose how they uh, award that whether it's regular season or postseason um to my all my knowledge i think i don't know if anybody's changed there's from the post it's, it's typically always the postseason um, champion gets the automatic qualifier from a league and to my knowledge I don't know if anybody's changed that to the regular season I know our league has not so um, there's a lot up in the air I mean our, our own uh, league playoff format isn't even finalized to this date and so um, there's just so much I think out of our control with that and and to be honest we we got a lot of uh, work to do on a on a near term here to to make sure that we're in that conversation so um, I haven't put too much thought into it to be honest because we're we're focused you know we're down in the weeds right now um, trying to get better every day and 
Um, I don't think we're, we're afforded that opportunity to really think about that yet um, because we're still in the hole that we dug ourselves in um, to start the year. So um, whatever they do, they'll, they'll do, and uh, teams will have to adjust and, and play as is. And um, our goal is to, is to take care of business here over the next eight games and continue to get better um, as we get into our league playoff and give ourselves a chance to be a part of that conversation. Surely you're familiar with the the different formats that have been discussed, and, and the question is if they're going to go with what you said with the automatic bids, uh, or are they going to leave it all up to the eye test and have 16 teams decided by a committee that decides who they think is best, and there have been a lot of, um, I, I, I guess they're not called mock drafts, but I guess they are in somewhat in some cases drafts of of what the NCA tournament picture could look like so um do you do you have an, an opinion on what might be might be fair just from your your perspective um yeah i mean i think the automatic qualifier should happen um and then to me they they need to look at the the historical context of the leagues and um you know obviously our league has typically put in um anywhere from 3 to 6 teams over the last 7 8 years and you know the last three to five years is probably an accurate estimation um, just based on roster turnover and things like that. Um, you know, I think our league should get in more teams than a, uh, than a team that historically only gets in their AQ or historically over the last three to five years has only gotten in two teams. So um, whether or not they'll do that, it's hard to say. I, I think it's hard to deny the fact um, that our league is really consistent and has put in a lot of teams and the depth of our league is very good. So I think natural human nature uh, will will bend that way um, for our league. But again, there's humans involved, so you know it's hard to say. As we as we near the end of this first segment, and we'll be joined by the assistant coach Dallas Ferguson in the second segment. Uh, I wanted to ask, lastly, just coming into a series against Omaha, we we just talked about the NCAA tournament picture being unclear. You have eight games left. You were just off last week. Uh, how much do you rely on your leadership group right now, your seniors, to to keep this team motivated, to keep this team focused uh, down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, it's vastly important that um, that we're led from within the room. And um, so, yeah, we we put a lot on that group. And, um, you know, certainly it's going to take uh, – they, they've seen a lot in their careers, and so they need to lean on their experience, uh, making sure that we're staying in the moment, trusting our process. There's a lot of hockey left to be played. We can't be worried about the results. And um, – and, and just go out and get better every day and, and put our best foot forward when games come. That's, that's been the recipe that's led us to get a lot of wins here um, in our program's history, and um, there's no sense in changing it now. Up next, we will speak with the Denver Pioneers assistant coach, Dallas Ferguson, on the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach, David Carl. DC, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. More Coaches Show coming your way. We'll talk to you soon. Let me tell you a thing or two about the people who don't compromise. They love Pepsi Zero Sugar. Why? Because it's got all the flavor and zero the sugar. How's that for not compromising? They're the sort of person that likes surf with their turf. And the drink with their feast? Yeah, they have a Pepsi Zero Sugar. The person who doesn't compromise loves a good golden doodle. All the golden retriever goodness with just a hint of doodle. And when they're bringing said golden doodle for a walk, they bring a Pepsi Zero Sugar. Zero sugar, done right. That's what I like. 
DU hockey fans, stop by Campus Lounge, legendary DU hockey bar and home of the David Carl Coaches Show. Take advantage of daily food and drink specials along with 12 TVs, a large outdoor seating area, and a great selection of food and drinks. Located just north of campus on University Boulevard, Campus Lounge is an official watch party location for your pioneers and has got you covered for all DU athletics. Be sure to follow us on social media and go Pios. Let's just try not to embarrass ourselves and everything will be fine. Is that a Pepsi Wild Cherry? Oh, no. <laughs> Too late. You know something, Steve? Flavor Mania is about to run wild. Oh, no, not Flavor Mania. <laughs> Pepsi Wild Cherry is about to drop a flavor suplex right into your pie hole. Not the pie it's going to hit your taste buds with a top rope elbow of flavor. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be refreshing. It's going to. Does this always have to happen when you drink Pepsi Wild Cherry? You better believe it, brother. Pepsi Wild Cherry, now available in zero sugar. That's what I like. We're back for the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers assistant coach, Dallas Ferguson, here for this second segment. My name is Matthew McGreevy, Campus Lounge, located at 701 South University Boulevard. The Pioneers 6-9-1, fifth in the NCHC, off last weekend after a series against Colorado College was postponed again, but on this weekend hosting Omaha and eight games left on the slate. Dallas, thanks so much for joining. Excited to to talk to you. A little little different feel for the coaches show today. Yeah, good morning, Matthew. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Just slide down the hallway, talk to DC, then I come down to you. It works out real well. Before we get into the, the minutia of, of what's gone on the last three or four weeks with this team and uh, and getting some insight into what you've seen specifically in areas of progress for the defensemen. Um, wanted to just get a, a brief overview of what, what are your key areas of focus here with this team? Uh, typically on a you know, day-to-day basis I work with the defensemen and then uh, help coordinate the power play and so kind of work in those main areas and then just wherever else what is needed with the team and you know on a day-to-day basis we're kind of all involved in what's going on and uh, trying to find ways to continue to grow. Have those always been your areas? Of course, you were head coach for a long time, so you would have overseen everything when you were with Alaska and when you were in Calgary in the WHL. Um, but but to focus on the power play, focus on defensemen, has that always been an area for you? That's interesting. When I when I first started, I was uh, you know worked mostly with the defensemen and then um, worked with the penalty kill um, for like four years. And then um, when I became a head coach, it's kind of for whatever reason changed over to doing working on the power play mostly with the forwards and um, our other coaching staff work with the D and the penalty kill so it's kind of interesting as a head coach I was doing mostly forwards and power play and then you know as an assistant it was D and penalty kill so um, kind of it's good I mean you get to learn and work in different areas and learn to teach in different areas and um, again you're kind of always just you know kind of doing what's asked of you to do and then you know even if you don't have experience in it or you do you just you're always trying to find ways to get better but um you know again it's just kind of doing what you can to help the team and help the program I feel like I could stay on this all day because I'm I don't know why for whatever reason it always interests me areas of focus for for coaches and then as you said every everyone blends over and bleeds into each other's areas as well and I would be remiss if I didn't ask what it's like recruiting during a pandemic well, I mean, Davis obviously is the, you know, heads all the recruiting, but um, just kind of, I think for, for everyone, it's it's been different, I think, especially when certain leagues aren't even playing, right? So you maybe have, you know, leads on players and, um, you know, you hear about guys, but then if they're not playing, you're watching a old video of them. And, you know, so obviously there is leagues that are playing and, uh, you know, youth programs that are playing, but it's been a, 
definitely interesting not to get out and be able to be in the rinks. And I think, you know, Tavis would probably be the first one to tell you, like, that's kind of where he likes to get the best feel for the players. And, um, you know, when you do go out, it's, you know, it is a different feel. And whether they're in season, you're just watching on video, or you're actually in the rink, and then you get to meet the kids, you meet the parents, you meet the coaches, and you get a lot of... Um, gut feelings off of when you're interacting with people like that so I think that's a, a big thing that's missing is just the the overall personal touch to um, to the recruitment process but you know everybody's in the same boat so you got to continue to find ways to you know find the players that you're interested in and you know hopefully it's sooner than later we'll be able to get out and see players and, and get those type of personal evaluations. Looking into into this team that we have right here, and again, you're listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers assistant coach, Dallas Ferguson. My name is Matthew McGreevy, Campus Lounge located at 701 South University Boulevard. We speak about your area being working with the defensemen, and there has been a, a huge jump in production from the defensemen just looking at the first 10 games that were played in the NCHC pod in Omaha and comparing those to the games that have now been played outside of the pod. Uh, your defensemen contributed to, to 4% of the team's overall goals in the pod, and now that number is up to 40. And it's uh, it's not surprising when you look at the way that Slava Demin has played, Antti Tuomisto has played, Reed Irwin has played. They've all taken steps. But collectively as a group, what what changes have you made or what is happening that wasn't happening before to give you the success? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I think that, you know, those guys have, you know, obviously out of the pod have elevated their games. I think Reed is been a player that's kind of chipped away and hasn't gotten a lot early but is earning more and um, he's got good offensive instincts and you know some come some a couple of his goals were just good reads and being involved in the offense and then you know same thing with Auntie you know he scores his first goal shorthanded but he's got a really good shot so he can get pucks to the net and um, you know and, and Slava again out of the pot has been real strong I think he's been more aggressive without the puck and I think it's leading you know a little bit more into his offensive game too um, but you know at the end of the day I think those guys are getting their shots through you know I think that's a big part of it we've really been emphasizing with our forwards to have a good net presence and you know in a lot of instances those shots that if defensemen can get them past the first layer they have a really good chance of either going in or creating a scoring chance I think you know I don't want to call it puck luck because they're they are doing a good job of you know putting themselves in spots to get shots in or to the net and then they do a good job of getting them at the net and having good net presence so um, I think they're just gaining you know some of them you know it's interesting the ebbs and flows of their their psyche right like some of them are when you get some shots through you score a goal your confidence starts to continue to you know grow right and when it's not and you're kind of holding it a little tighter you maybe think your shot a little bit more so um, it's constant it's like a never-ending cycle you know with players this that you go through throughout the course of the season and you know like those three in particular continue to keep growing so that's real positive for us yeah, Antti Tuomisto specifically, he's uh, he's at one, two, and three, one goal, two assists, uh, three points out of the pod. 14 shots is what stands out, of course, and then he's got a plus two rating, and that's compared to, uh, and this is overall in the last six games, six games have been played out of the pod. He had three points in with 11 shots, and he was a dash five. Uh, it seems like his game specifically, he has grown so much confidence. Do you, do you think that's maybe just a, a comfort, and maybe we put too much weight into this, but is it a comfort now of having been in the U.S. for a bit, having gone to university for a bit, and he's a little more settled, or is, am I maybe stretching too no, far? No, I think that's an element of it. I mean, I think, you know, he had a really tough situation, and we've often talked about his, you know, you know, the interaction that he was able to ha or not able to have early on on campus was based on, you know, protocols that we were kind of guided by, and so I think it was 
a player like him that you know doesn't speak the language very well he's not getting a lot of like even in-class interaction because you know more of his classes were online than they were uh, in class so there's lots of elements to him you know transitioning into um, being over in in North America and I think that that's probably been a big factor him just getting even the communication on the ice like I know in the pod talking to him like Sometimes he wasn't 100% sure and confident in the words to use when he wanted the puck or to talk to a teammate on the ice during a game. So I think you look at him now and where he was four months ago, um, it's a huge difference. You know, and, and you know, I think he just keeps growing. He's a super smart player. He's very committed to the, to the game. And so I think you know, when you're smart and you're committed to the game and you're willing to work, like, you're going to get better. And so I think he obviously has that. I think the the other thing is, too, is just getting used to the speed. You know, like he's a big, big man. And so trying to get used to the rink size, get used to the speed of the game. He's playing against older players um, that are physically, you know, stronger than what he's used to. Um, so I think there's just a lot of things, and I think it's starting to balance out a little bit for him. Um, but he's a, he's a very high-end uh, player, in my opinion. And I think, you know, the way that he transitions pucks with such ease is just speaks to his you know, it, our transition game as a whole and our offensive game as we start to come up the ice. So I think he's very valuable there to us. Reed Irwin as well, and we and we speak about all of the D and their production uh, being exceptional out of the, in the last six games since you've returned from the pod. But uh, Reed Irwin is a, a player that battled to get into the lineup in the pod. He only played a total of four games, and now it seems like he's found himself a more consistent role on that D core. What has he done to put himself into the lineup? Well, I think he just constantly got better. I think that, you know, some guys get on campus and they get an opportunity right away, and some guys have to get on campus and chip away and earn an opportunity, and um, I think that's what he's done. I think, you know, like most of them, like they, you know, they get here, the speed and the strength of everyone is something they haven't seen before, so there's a transition for to get used to that and then also get yourself up to speed. So I think for him it's been a really good um, progression where he didn't get anything, you know, then he got a little bit, and then he got a little bit more, and and now, like you say, he's starting to, you know, earn a little more consistent, you know, role in the in the decor. So, um, he adds an element that, you know, we need. Like he, he's able to move pucks, he's able to, you know, involve get involved in the offense, and you know, he, like most young defensemen, they need to continue to grow, um, with their defending and and being harder to play against when they're checking and in front of the nets and winning their battles. But, um, he's he's a real good player at moving pucks, and uh, I think is you know again not to keep him he's going to continue to grow if he keeps his focus in the right places right and then you know the word complacency comes up with players when they all of a sudden when they don't have it and then they get it you don't want to lose it right so um and, and that's where you give credit to him like he's he's pretty in tune and he's uh, you know really focused in not letting that happen and he does that by just having purpose every day you know and so um in conversations with him i think that you know he's a pretty level-headed kid and i think he's learned a lot since he's been here but he also doesn't he knows that it can go away just as fast as it came you know so you got to stay on top of it every day I asked DC this question earlier, and I'm sure he's getting tired of this question because you can ask it just about every week this season. But with so many games being postponed and you're playing less games than you would in a normal season, even if you were to have not had games postponed, just the way that the schedule was created, the third or fourth iteration of the schedule, uh, how difficult is it, how much of a challenge is it to 
coach at this time when you're trying to see development in in players' games, but you don't necessarily get to see them actually perform when it matters the most and, and take those skills that you worked on in practice and apply them to game speed with the regularity that they used to be able to? Yeah, I think it's it's a lot of it is mental. I mean, it's, you know, they, they practice so they can play games, right? So they want to play games, and when you're not getting that, it's like, okay, what's our purpose? So, you know, I think that, you know, as, as a coaching staff, you, you're always trying to, you know, invigorate them and challenge them and you know and and regardless of the situation and I think it's up to the um you know the players need to have a responsibility in that too and and we've talked about it since day one of being flexible and you know we can't always predict what's happening tomorrow let alone two weeks from now a month from now so it's been a real challenge that way and you know there you know people always like oh you're dealing with adversity but an adversity is not meant to be easy right so um the teams that deal with it the individuals that deal with it um, properly, I think, tend to grow from it. And, you know, this, you know, by not playing last weekend or, you know, just use that as a, the, the most recent example, it's like it's going to happen again, most likely, by the end of the season. So we're going to have to just continue to stay with the process. And I think if you get, like you always say, like the two-foot rule versus two versus five-foot rule, where if you worry about five feet too much, you're going to forget about one, two, three, and four, right? So just focus on what's right in front of you. And um, that's really all you can do in these situations. And, you know, you come to work, you try and, you know, regardless if you have a game or not, you're trying to come and get better every day. So I think that that has always been, you know, since my time here at Denver, it's always been the focus on getting better today. Make your teammates better, make yourself better, right? And so you try and stay focused on that um, versus the, you know, you know what could be happening in two or three days right so it's just a day-to-day thing control what you can control and um, it's all you know a lot about about attitude you know you can feel sorry that we didn't play last weekend or you can say hey you know we're going to play in two weeks so let's just be ready for that you know and let's focus on today during your coaching career and, and of course at your time at Denver as well you've been able to see a lot of incredible defensemen smooth skating defensemen defensemen uh, with a good head on their shoulders to make the right first pass um, but have you ever seen a defenseman play the way that Tavis McMillan played? <laughs> well, that that name and that word don't go together. So <laughs> at least for, and I've known him for a really long time. So, um, but no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> in fairness, Tavis, uh, I was in the elevator with him on the way up, so he told me I, I should probably inquire about uh, about your guys' playing. Well, he had, days a, he had a very unique breakout. He used to, you know, hang out by the far blue line, far red line, and wait for those long, you know, eighty, you know, fifty to eighty foot passes. So it was kind of. <laughs> He kind of brought that in. Maybe that's why they got rid of the red line. Maybe he was a trendsetter. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask one one more as well as we wrap up here on the Campus Lounge Coaches Show. And again, we're joined by the Pioneer Assistant Coach, Dallas Ferguson. It is National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Um, you have a couple daughters that are in sports. Just how has that changed your perspective coaching? Um, Kobe, When Kobe Ryan passed away about a year ago, there was a, a big... A lot of momentum behind, pride behind being a, a girl dad, and that it kind of blew up that way. So I'm curious on this day, what has that done for for you as a coach, or maybe even as a person? Yeah, I think it's it's you know I think parenting is a very hard thing, and you learn a lot because you don't really get a playbook with it, right? Like you know, so it, you know, my both my daughters have been involved in sports. I, I guess the one thing for me is like when we were in Alaska, they played hockey, and that was really mostly what they played because they were a little bit younger. And then when we got to Colorado, they played for one year and then found 
different sports that they were interested in. So like me and a dad that's life's been revolved around hockey, it's kind of an interesting dynamic, but I think you learn to, you know, see what your kids are passionate about and what they enjoy doing. And, you know, you just try and get behind whatever they're doing. Right. And I think there's been lots of moments for me as a, as a coach, you know, coach dad and watching them in their sports that, you know, you're trying to always figure out what's the right thing to say, wrong thing to say. And, you know, I've learned, you know, the hard way and, you know, and then hopefully that's made me better to be able to be their dad, but also, you know, help them out based on my experience. But um, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting, like, you know, again, just being involved in hockey my whole life. Now I'm getting involved in different sports like, you know, track and volleyball and, and cross country. And my other daughter plays softball and has done some little bit of basketball recently. So it's been kind of interesting just to see the different dynamics of sports. But at the end of the day, it's like you see a lot of value in just them being involved in the sports. So that's kind of the end of the end game for me. Like, I mean, we often think about when we're coaching guys here, like, you know, it's about their experience and their process, like, you know, very few of them are going to earn a living for the rest of their life playing hockey, right? So you try and look at the big picture too while you're trying to help support them attain, you know, their goals and what they want out of life. And it's kind of the same thing with with uh, girls sports for me. Like, you know, it's in, my girls don't talk about playing professionally and, and all that. Now, maybe as they get older, maybe that's something they want to do. I don't know that. But um, it's just more about just seeing what, what they're learning and how they're growing as people through the team sports. So that's been a really cool experience for me. At a softball game where you arms crossed on the on the third baseline, not not saying a word to anyone away from everyone, yeah, or you I more typically uh... <laughs> anytime I even with hockey, I just kind of stayed away. But um, it was funny because. Uh, <laughs> I was giving the softball coach a hard time because COVID probably is the worst thing for him because I was at every every practice and every game, so I was at, had my coach's hat on a lot, just kind of critiquing everything, even though I don't know know a lot about softball. But uh, no, it's fun. I like to even with hockey. Like I, I never really got involved with coaching them. I, I enjoyed more just going and watching them, and and just being a parent and sitting on the sidelines. So I enjoy that with with whatever they're doing, just kind of being there, get them there, and get them home, and just let them kind of do their thing at the at the field or the track or whatever they're doing. Well, we're back on the ice this weekend. The Pioneers looking ahead to a series against Omaha, February 5th and 6th. Those games will be in Magnus Arena, 7.07 start on Friday, 6.07 start on Saturday. Friday's game will be on 104.3 The Fan, and Saturday's will be on ESPN Denver. Dallas, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Matthew. You've been listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Pioneer coaches David Carl and Dallas Ferguson. We'll talk to you next time.